Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who have traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. podcast i am very honored to have joshua van ness as our guest josh how you doing tonight i'm well man i'm honored to be here it's good to see you kenny absolutely and for those who don't know who you are just kind of offer a little brief little introduction i'm sure some of our viewers know who you are for those who don't feel free to uh sure about there. um who am i <laughs> i am uh, i am i'm busy so again i'm joshua van ness i am a singer songwriter um solo artist but uh, Kenny and I were just discussing off air that um, I keep myself pretty busy as a drummer for uh, a few projects in the Asbury Park area. And uh, I also do some working musician type gigs. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because some people go to my social medias and they're like, hang on, I thought this guy was a singer songwriter. Why is he playing drums for that band? <laughs> so, but that's who I am. There you go. And I know that recently, not too long ago, you put out a new single, or sort of a new single, I would say. It has an interesting backstory, um, New Year's Eve. And it was all about celebrating a very unpredictable year and kind of highlighting individuals' experiences of getting through that year. Talk a little bit about the concept behind the video and kind of talk about what the song meant to you and why you thought it was important to kind of sure out like that right now. Well, why don't I start with the song? Because I've had an interesting journey with the song. Um, I want to say I wrote it, at the end of like 2015-ish, which was a pretty bad time in my life, a pretty dark time in my life. And kind of like you said, it's just a song about, um, you know, reflecting back on a tough time and and looking forward to better days. And the interesting thing is that um, I wrote the song and I I played it out live for a little while. And um, I think I was just such in such a bad place that like I kind of lost touch with it. You know, like all I heard really was the darkness in the tune and I wasn't relating to the the humor or the optimism of the tune. I kind of lost touch with that. So I shelved the song. I forgot about it, actually. And uh, a guy by the name of Laszlo from blowupradio.com one day sent me a recording of me performing that song live at one of his shows. 
And I guess I was far enough out of that darkness, that haze that I got myself into where I was like, wow, this is a good song. Like, it's, you know, I don't want to say it's funny, but there's kind of like a little wit and sarcasm in it. Like I was getting it again. So at that time, I was recording um, an EP called Wild, and I ended up putting that song on that EP. Um, so that came out in 2017. So that's sort of the second life of the song. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, a few years go by. And since 2017, I've, like I said, I've been very busy, um, you know, drumming in bands and, and sort of being a working musician. So I haven't had a lot of opportunities to play that song. And, uh, you know, just one day, um, one day it just kind of hit me, you know, probably like around August, you know, I was just thinking back at 2020 and how crazy it was. And, and, you know, that song just popped into my mind and just kind of hit me how uh, appropriate the song is for what we were all going through. Um, and what really clinched it actually, my, uh, my friend, Melissa Peterson, who uh, works with Telegraph, I don't remember if she called me or she texted me, but she's like, you should really re-release this song, Happy New Year. And uh, I was like, yeah, I was thinking about it. And, um, you know, I talked it over with my partner, Jamie, and she was like, yeah, you have to do it. So once Jamie and Melissa told me I, I had to do it, I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> We're doing it. So, so yeah, um, you know, I retracked the drums uh, at my home and I, um, I got it remixed by uh, – Matt Rafino, who's just an awesome mixing engineer. Um, he works uh, on the Today Show and he's got a couple Emmys and he's worked with some, you know, Aerosmith and Lenny Kravitz and like, like crazy names. Um, and he was kind enough to do a remix. And, uh, and yeah, so here we are. I, I re-released it uh, at the end of the year in 2020. Um, as far as the video is concerned, obviously um, it's, it's tough to do big production videos right now. It takes a lot of coordination and effort and safety and all that. So I thought it'd be a great idea if I just put it out to my friends and the people who follow me to, uh, you know, kind of show themselves getting through this year and celebrating and having a good time, despite, you know, the crap sandwich we were all handed. Amen to that. And, um, and yeah, so uh, people really got on board with that. They sent me a bunch of video clips and we put it together and that's, that's what we have. And I'm, I'm really happy with the way it came out. Anytime you can, you know, have other people be a part of your creativity, you know, like things happen that you never envisioned and they're usually better than what you would have envisioned anyway. So I'm really happy with the way it came out. That's good. And I find it interesting how you kind of mentioned how when you first performed the song and kind of crafted the song and fully realized the true, kind of relevancy of it just at that moment. And it's interesting how the song kind of progressed as you progressed. Performing it again and kind of reframing it underneath all we've been through. Did it, what about what about the message? Did it relate to you more so this time? What about it did you finally kind of like, oh, that's that element I finally have recognized it and that I didn't quite recognize before? Well, I, I mean, I think there's a couple of couple things there. Like the, the first thing is that again, just the situation that we all found ourselves in, you know, that we're all still in in a lot of ways, um, was the big thing that, you know, I wasn't alone in feeling that. Um, and I know that, you know, I knew that I wasn't the only one who had ever felt that way, but I was suddenly aware that we were all feeling this way, like now, <laughs> you know, like, definitely, definitely. like, I mean, just 2020 was such an unimaginable year and, and 
you know, even if, even if you were lucky enough to, to get out of it with your health and, and your sanity, you know, the, the stress that we all went through was just unbelievable. Um, so there, there's that aspect of it. And I just think, you know, in terms of being able to um, relate to the song better, I, I see sort of several components in the song lyrically. There's sort of this, this desperation. There's sort of this, um, you know, kind of melancholy um, look back at, like I said, what was really a tough time for me. Um, but, you know, there's also kind of like, like I almost picture the character, if you will, in the song, like, you know, being at a bar and kind of having this conversation with somebody. And as the drinks get back, you know, like as the drinks start going back more, like the, the, the character gets a little bit more loose lipped and a little bit more <laughs> small and, you know, we'll, we'll always have Dick Clark, you know, like just there you go. <laughs> tongue in cheek about it. And, um, and eventually, you know, it goes from saying goodbye to the worst year of your life to saying hello to the best year of your life. So I think I was able to, um, you know, once I got out of that, that funk that I was in, I was able to sort of see that aspect and connect with that aspect again. Yeah, I actually like how you brought that up because I think that a lot of us, and we were kind of talking about this before our interview, how a lot of people in the creative arts and music scene have had to assimilate and adapt and face a lot of unprecedented challenges. Yeah. And one of the questions I wanted to ask is, now that you've kind of found a way to recontextualize your songs and material, in terms of being a working artist, like you mentioned before, what were some of the biggest challenges you kind of faced last year? And how did you as a performer kind of find a way to adapt and overcome? Because it seems like despite all this, you've managed to keep a pretty consistent momentum. Well, I think the biggest challenge is that, I mean, so if to rewind a little bit, like in 2019, I think I played 182 shows or something like, like it was a, some insane amount of, of performances, <laughs> you know. Good amount of shows. <laughs> You know, that's, you know, just full disclosure, you know, like I'm, I'm a father and I still work a day job. Like it was probably too much, you know. Um, so but there was that kind of going a million miles an hour to all of a sudden everything just stopped. And um, in a lot of ways, it was actually really beautiful, you know, like. I, you know, I, I slept later, I worked out more, I lost a bunch of weight, which I've since found again, but <laughs> <Haven't we all? laughs> um, you know, I spent time with my family that I wasn't able to do, you know, in years prior. So, you know, not all the adjustments were bad. Um, and in some ways it was kind of good to be able to take a breath and, um, kind of take stock on what it was I wanted to accomplish and, um, and, you know, just kind of approach those things with a, a, a sense uh, or a refresh sense of energy. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of spun that as positive right now. I think once that, when that was going on, you know, it didn't feel positive. It felt like, oh shit, what now? <laughs> a lot of people felt that. that. You're good, um, yeah, you're good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, find you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was definitely some panic at first, but I, I think I was able to grasp early on that 
there's just nothing I can do about this. No. Any of us could do about this. So I may as well take the time that the universe is giving me and get a little healthier mentally, physically, and, um, and start working towards some other goals. So, um, you know, the, the tough part was being in that frame of mind and being able to stay positive and yet, you know, turning on the news every day and people were dying and, and, mm-hmm you know, makeshift hospitals are popping up in parking lots. That was the tough part, really. Oh, absolutely. To do with music so much. Yeah, I think a lot of that is very relevant. And I think that what I like to say is that I liked how you tried to utilize the positives. You tried to kind of utilize the slowdown to get more connected to your craft and your goals. And it seems like I'm, I followed you and it seemed like even throughout that period you were recording, you were still going live, making videos, and you were still kind yeah. of songwriting and crafting. And even post, well, I don't want to say post, but, you know, when things did calm down, I noticed you were still able to safely and socially distance perform. And it's admirable to kind of see somebody use their downtime to still further their goals, but also acknowledge the, the benefits. In terms of your progression, despite the fact that there were a lot of challenges last year, how did you think you progressed as a songwriter last year? What do you think you discovered about your craft or your performance, or your artistry, that maybe you wouldn't have stepped upon in normal times? That's a really awesome question. Um, I think... I think um, in terms of progression, you know, sometimes it's not so much about progression as much as it is about like, it's almost like working out, like going to the gym, right? Like you don't go to the gym on Monday, you know, bench pressing 80 pounds and, you know, on Wednesday, you're bench pressing 500 pounds. It doesn't work that way. No, it, not quite. <laughs> it's, it's a muscle that you have to kind of constantly develop. So I, you know, it, it's hard for me to say, well, I've progressed X, Y, Z. What I did was I kept going, you know, and I guess if I had to look for a manner of progression, I, it's, I wrote a bunch of songs last year and uh, some of them were for myself. Some of them were for other artists. Um, a lot of them probably will never see the light of day for various reasons. But um, I think being able to put yourself in a situation where you're creating and it's fulfilling, but it's not necessarily something that you're going to see to the finish line yourself mm-hmm. was a bit of progression for me. Um, you know, and I like... You know, I do a lot of things. You know, I sing, I'm, I play guitar, I drum. Um, I, obviously, I write songs. You know, being able to write songs for various situations is just like one more thing that I can kind of, one more arrow I can throw in the quiver, if you will. You know, that's cheesy, but um, so I'm, I'm proud of that. You know, having put myself in situations where, um, you know, it wasn't exactly comfortable. But in some ways, it was actually more comfortable because like maybe you're aware of this as a, as a photographer, like sometimes you're hyper aware of your own limitations. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, when you're being creative and you're writing for other people, well, your limitations don't matter if you're not the one who's going to perform the song. So in okay. some ways, it's really liberating. Yeah, I think that that's a fascinating point because I, I kind of can relate to that because in the early stages I was you know continuing putting out a lot of content 
for APB and Stars and Scars and a, lot, a couple other places. But it was also kind of nice because when I would go and photograph, I photographed a lot for myself. And I kind of takes to a point for you were saying is like sometimes as an artist, you do kind of have to have a sense of just kind of doing things for yourself. And it can be hard sometimes and to emphasize that when you're trying to perform for multiple bands or, you know, kind yeah. of headliner kind of have to prep. So it's interesting how you came across that. Yeah, totally. I mean, look, again, last year was weird. Like you, I, I think if you were trying to, if you were trying to fight what was happening, you were going to lose, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you know definitely. just go with what was happening and use it to your advantage. So I, I think I was able to do that pretty well. Yeah, no, definitely seems like it. And I kind of wanted to go to another earlier point because you mentioned that not only are you a singer-songwriter, but you play drums and guitar and you have been a long-running member of The WAG and you currently contribute to Foes yeah. of Fair Lover, kind of local New Jersey artist. In terms of being a solo artist and a part of various projects, how do you balance the two and what do you, and what do you learn from your projects that you bring into the solo work, if at all? Yeah, it will man, there's a lot to unpack there and they're all really cool. Um, I think, um, how do you balance was one of the questions and I'm figuring it out all the time. Um, so for example, I wrote a good amount of songs last year and, you know, there's part of me that's tempted to, you know, kind of go forward with that process and, you know, maybe try to release something this year. Um, but I'm also working with several other projects that are, you know, like the WAG just started writing and we've gotten together for two sessions and we have about an album ready, you know, like, it's like, boom, like I've never seen anything like it. Like we're really cooking right now. There you go. And, um, and actually Don Lee is working on a solo record and, um, there's a couple other projects that I'm involved with that I, I, I probably shouldn't even mention yet. I should probably let them break the news as opposed to me. Oh boy. What's that? Oh boy. You got some, got some uh, uh, exclusives in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to drop any bombs. I'll let them drop the bombs. All right. All right fair enough. <laughs> there's, there's my point is there's a lot going on and I think that I know how to balance it artistically, you know, mm-hmm. um, what I struggle with is sort of the, I guess the business end and the logistical end. Again, part of me would really love to put something out right now. And the other part of me is like, well, I've already got three or four other projects that are going to be released this year. Maybe this isn't the year to do it, you know? Um, But one thing that I found has been fun and helpful is uh, I put a few singles out last year. You know, Um, I put a single out for the, um, the demos for a difference uh, compilation that Brian Erickson put out, which is a really awesome. Oh, incredible. Incredible collection. Yeah. Um, So I put that out and then um, Matt Fernicola and John Andrew and I did a song together um, that was put out on a blowupradio.com compilation. So that kind of helps like being able to kind of drip things out here and there, you know, it's um, there's less time required away from other projects when you're kind of just, putting out a piece here and a piece there. I love albums. So at some point I will get back to that. But right now I think I'm happy focusing on some of the other things that I'm, I'm involved with. And obviously I put out uh, happy new year. Can't forget about that. <laughs> yourself too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a very good way of looking at it that 
to be kind of thankful for the collaborations. Because I noticed that you perform in three or four very various different bands. Obviously, your solo music is a mixture of rock and soul. The Foes of Fern is this big, grand experience. Very Crazy. As, as we all know, you know, once you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, once it's safe to, I highly recommend it. Yes. And also drum for Natalie Farrell, who is a very dynamic, soul, pop-infused songwriter. Because all these bands and the WAG as well, very rock and pop as well, because all these acts are so very diverse and dynamic kind of musically, um, in terms of adapting to all these bands, what are some of the challenges or what are some of the things you learn from kind of performing in such vastly different acts? What do you take away from all that? Well, you, you know what? And you you did ask that the first time, so I apologize for not getting to that. Um, oh, good. You know what? They're all different and they're all really great for different reasons. Um, I mean, it's not really challenging to step into those different environments because you know, I'm doing so in a manner that's supportive. You know, I, I'm not there to be the show or the center of attention in any of those projects. You know, um, some of these people would get mad at me if they heard me say this, but, you know, for a band like The Wag or for like Natalie, like I'm there to make them look good. You know, I'm there to to support them, you know. Um, so that um, that is pretty easy and it actually um kind of freeing and kind of kind of beautiful in a way because you know the the, the center of attention is not on you you know it's, it's funny man like i like attention <laughs> but i don't necessarily have to be up front you know like i get that I, I'm, you know I'm, I'm back there playing a drum i'm loud like people are going to see me that's good <laughs> for me i don't need to be the center of attention you know um in terms of what i learned from them i, I learned so much from all of them like so say for example like natalie like natalie just um she uh she has that that it factor that people talk about you know and there's some really great performers in our area some really great front people and you know they jump around and they scream and they get the audience clapping and all that stuff natalie just walks on a stage and it's just her it's just her persona her her aura and you know her comfort or sometimes maybe even her discomfort in her own skin whatever it is she's completely owning it and um it's really fun playing with those guys because there's this element of pop and dance music to it that's really tight and succinct and um and there's also this element of of just like spontaneity you know like i remember going up to her once and being like uh, you know, I noticed you play this song slower on the record. You play it faster live. Like, where do you want me? Like, should I play it faster? Like you've been playing it. Do you want me to slow it down a little bit? And her answer was like, I don't know. Just feel the room, <laughs> you know, like. Good advice. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm like, that's smart, you know, like, you know, feel the energy, give the people what they want, you know. Um, you know, with the WAG, it's like, the WAG is great because, you know, they've been a band for 23 years. And um, I've been with them for like, I think this summer I'll be with them six years. And, um, you know, a lot of the, um, for lack of better words, like pretentiousness and and sort of the image that goes along with being in an independent band, like they don't have any of that. There's no, there's like, there's nothing to prove, you know, they've, they've poured, they've played big venues, they've released albums, 
they've done everything that you could want to do as an independent band. Um, so when they play, it's just, they just play like a band that's been together for 23 years. You know what I mean? Like it just, I, I noticed that. Yeah. It just feels good. So, you know, I try to, I try to take that vibe when I go back and do my thing and be like, you know what? I've, I, I don't have to prove anything. I just have to be myself, you know? Um, Fern is like, Fern uh, is like, um, like George Clinton. He's like Asbury Park's George Clinton, you know, like, I agree with that. He just wants, he wants to make music with everybody whose energy that he vibes with. And he wants to take all that energy and just like make a gumbo out of it. You know, that's a lot harder than it sounds. Oh, completely. Completely. Yeah. It's a lot harder than it sounds. So, um, yeah, I, I think I learned something from him every time we get together and play because it's usually different every time. <laughs> you oh, know? And that, that's the beauty of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. And, and, uh, and I do think that all those experiences make what I do as a solo artist um, better, maybe not in huge uh, tangible ways, but, you know, I try to take a little piece of all of it and, and grow with it. I like that. And I like how you're able to pinpoint very specific reasons as to why each collaboration brings something out in you. And I also, I liked another point you brought about how you're willing to be a collaborator and willing to blend in and also learn. Cause I know it is, I'm not saying this by every artist, but I know for certain young upcoming artists, it can be a challenge to sometimes not always be in the spotlight or sometimes yeah. in collaborations, it can be hard to kind of meld creative visions. You know, there's, there's stories about it going great and there's stories about it going not so great in pop culture. Why do you think it's important, I think, for young artists or established artists to be collaborative and to be themselves? Why do you think that's important? Because it's very hard for certain people. Yeah, it is hard. And I think the the tricky thing is that it's it's hard to know when to be that way. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think one of the regrets that I have about the younger years of my career was that there was a time in my, my creative life that I probably should have been like, no, this is my thing, you know, and I probably gave a little bit too much away. Right. So it's like, you have to be around people that you trust and you have to be around people who, you know, it's like I said a moment ago, like I'm not, I'm not going into any of those situations to be the center of attention. I will get plenty of attention, you know, you kind of have to be around people with that mindset. I think mm-hmm. it's easier to be in that mindset yourself when you're around people with that mindset. Um, but I, I think history has shown whether it be local independent bands or whether it be Pink Floyd, like you're like the, what's the, what's the uh, saying? Like, um, you know, the sum is greater than its parts. You know, like there are some things, especially with art and music, and I, you know, I don't want to sound all hippy dippy, but, you know, there are some aspects of that type of creativity that are just sacred and um, they should be respected as such. And if that means having a collaborator, then so be it, you know, but it's, it's weird though, man. It's like, it's like being in a romantic relationship, you know, it's, it's it can be more intense than that, believe it or not, in some cases. I bet. You, know, like you, you, you share 
secrets, you share emotions, they see you at your worst, you know, you have to be incredibly vulnerable to be able to collaborate on that, that level. I'm not saying that necessarily I go into these situations like that, but sometimes I do, you know, like sometimes, like if I'm going into the wag, you know, we're writing songs right now, you know, like I have to be incredibly vulnerable. You know, it's funny. Um, I brought a song to the wag and we're working on it the other day and um, somebody suggested a change in a lyric and they suggested it and they sang it and it sounded really great. Like it was really pretty, but I had to be honest with myself and honest with them. And just like, you know, that's just, that's not what, that's not the point that the song was trying to make. And that kind of sounds like me, like putting my foot down, but it wasn't really, it was me being like incredibly vulnerable and saying, well, if you change this line, you know, the meaning of the song has now changed, you know, and, and sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's not. But my point is you have to be around people that you can have those conversations with because sometimes you have that conversation and people get offended and they get hurt and, um, you know, they think that you're being selfish or they think maybe they're being selfish. And then sometimes you're able to have relationships where you can have those conversations and everyone steps back and says, okay, this is the right thing for the music. And that's, that's what you have to strive for. I know I just gave you a really long winded answer to that question, but um, it, it all comes down to relationships and trust and just knowing that you've surrounded yourself with the right kind of people. No, I think, I think honestly, I'm glad you, you went into that amount of detail because I think that's a very important answer. And I think one of the things that you brought up, but I think everyone should adhere to is being able to be in a band or any dynamic that allows for open conversation and communication. Because I think that you, like as you were saying, that once you can have those conversations and once you know where to be collaborating and when to kind of assert more dominance, I think that really can make or break a lot of bands and dynamics. And it seems like you yeah. successfully find those dynamics. I kind of wanted to venture to another point about why do you think it's important for bands to always kind of emphasize teamwork and adaptability. Cause I think a lot of bands, sometimes they'll start something off wanting it to be one thing and sometimes it evolves into another. So why do you think it's important to be flexible? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, the first thing is that you need to understand if you really want to be in a band, you know, um, you know, some of the artists that I work with, I'm not as much of a band member as I am a musician. You know, there are some situations that I go into and I know that, you know, I'm not really there to be creative. I mean, they brought me into this situation because they like what I do, but I'm not really there to, to tell them how to write their songs. You know, um, so I think the first step is, OK. Are you the kind of person that can really be in a band? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, are you a solo artist or are you someone who's going to work with a backup band or are you someone who's going to work better with producers? And look, man, that, that, um, you know, you gave me a nice compliment a moment ago about having found that balance and I have found it, but it took me a long time, you know, I, and, uh, like most people, I, you know, I learned the hard way, just like everybody else. You know, I've, I've been in situations where there are egos and creative differences and, you know, you name it. Um, I'm just, uh, stubborn enough and 
distant enough to have kept going long enough to have figured out how to surround myself with people that I can be on the same wavelength with. So it takes time. Look, man, very few bands are able to find that. Very few artists are able to find that from the get go. You know, it usually takes some, some lumps. Definitely. And I I think that you brought up a lot of very interesting elements about how it takes time to find that balance. Because obviously I think that one, one of my biggest challenges, and I know some other creators can relate, is that we always want things kind of when we want them, when we envision them, right, as we sure. do so. And sometimes you don't realize that it takes a bit of time to get to that point. It's not impossible and it might not happen right now. So you talked about persistence, which actually leads to my next question. In terms of being persistent, what's the one thing that artists should kind of remind themselves of or be aware of when they're persisting because I think a lot of times you can get caught up in being like oh well this song didn't get enough streams I didn't get this show but what's the one thing people should kind of keep in mind so that we didn't kind of push through those instances I might be the wrong person to ask this question because <laughs> quite honestly, I mean I don't know either that I'm either the wrong person to ask this question or the perfect person to ask this question so if you're watching you can decide <laughs> leave it to the viewer <laughs> I, I I think you have to be willing and able to say to hell with all that and to do it if no one's listening and if no one's streaming and if no one's coming to the show, you know, like, because frankly, most artists and most bands go through that period of time, you know, whether it be at the beginning or in the middle or at the end, you know, you kind of find yourself, in a situation where, you know, maybe you're just progressing at a different rate than your fans or your bandmates, or, you know, maybe, maybe the times have just kind of moved on from what you've done. You know, um, I think you have to do it because you love it. And this is anything music, you know, a, a tax accountant, you know, <laughs> like you have to be willing to do it. Um, and I say this carefully, but you have to be able to do it and not get paid. You have to be able to, to like do it and um, be okay with people not getting it, you know, because the worst thing that you can do is not be true to yourself. You know, the worst thing you can do is stop because, you know, you're not selling out arenas and then, you know, you go work your day job. And by the way, I still work a day job and there's nothing wrong with working a day job, but if you're working your day job and you're miserable, well, that's not going to work out. You know, like you're either going to suck at your job or, you know, you're going to have a heart attack way too early in life, whatever, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, and, and conversely, it's like, I've seen it happen the other way where you're successful, but you don't love what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you, you just, I think the best advice I can give anyone is be true to yourself, you know, do what is, is in your heart and what's going to make you happy as cheesy as that sounds. And, uh, and believe in yourself because there's going to be plenty of people who won't, there's going to be plenty of people who tell you you're wasting your time. There's going to be plenty of people who think you should do something different or you should do it with different people. You have to have like the, the fortitude, the gumption to not, to not listen to any of that type of feedback that becomes unnecessary. Mm-hmm. 
no, that, that, that's, that's a great piece of advice and something that I, I have to sometimes tell myself too, because I think we all kind of get stuck in that, that mindset of like having so many reasons of not to do it, but at the same time, so many reasons why we want to do it. And I think you brought up a great point that you have to be willing to accept the challenges early on and kind of realize that just because it's not instant gratification doesn't mean that there's no filming. I think that's a very good point. Yeah. I think one of the tough things about it is that we live in a society of instant gratification. Oh, completely. completely. And sometimes people do get success like that. You know, like it does happen. It does. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> um, but, but those are, those are the outliers. Those are the exceptions to the rule that doesn't happen very often. Um, and when they do happen, you know, like it's glorified to a point where, you know, it almost makes you feel like, well, you know, if you're 25 and you don't have a hit record, like you, you know, you're already over the hill. <laughs> like, it's crazy how that happens. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think it's interesting how we're on the topic of success in terms of what success means to you as an artist. I know this answer is very broad and wide ranging and everyone has a different, mm -hmm. different answer to it, but what defines success to you as an artist, whether it be a, a good show, a good record, finding a band you can communicate with, what defines success to you? Um, well, you know, Kenny, you and I have, t have spoken about this before. I'm going to be 41 in March. Um, my first definition of success is that I'm still doing this. I'm doing it better than I've ever done it. Um, I'm, I'm still getting better. Um, I make more money doing it than I've ever made. Like, um, the fact that I've, and I only say that because, you know, I, I don't think I'm old. I don't think, um, but I know I'm getting there. <laughs> I, but I don't think I'm old, but I'm at a point now where it's like three or four years ago, like I was often the youngest guy in the bands I was playing with. <laughs> and now like I'm the oldest guy in a lot of cases, you know? So I, I think just not having been one of those guys who says, man, what am I doing? You know, um, that is, is one level of success for me. Um, I think the rest of it just kind of boils down to being happy. I've not always been a happy person. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, I wasn't always very true to myself. Um, I've, you know, life is not perfect. You know, there's stress just like everyone else has. But um, I think I've reached a point where I am more comfortable in my own skin and, you know, having reconciled a good deal of my past and being in a place where I look forward to the future. And, you know, that may or may not have anything to do with my music. I don't know. But <laughs> but it feels successful to me. I'm happy. You know, I, I think, I think society needs to put more emphasis on success equating to happiness. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, man, like, you know, I, we've both seen people be very successful and be miserable. Oh, and, totally. And we've both seen people um, not be true to themselves and end up miserable. You know, I think that should be a goal in life. Like, be happy. Don't be miserable. <laughs> you know? yeah, I'll agree. 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you mentioned that success for you was about 
the ability to do what you do and the ability to take pride in it. I think that's something that, like you said, that could be emphasized a bit more. In terms of the work you're preparing now, the songs you're writing currently, whether solo or solo with the wag, what do you think that you're exploring musically or artistically with these with this latest material? And if it does get released, what do you think fans will take away from it? Awesome question, man. Um, I don't know that I can answer it. Um, I mean, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of what we've all lived through in the last year in the stuff that I'm writing. Um, I don't see how that can be avoided. You know, um, I'm certainly not capable of avoiding it. Um, I think people who listen to it, fans, friends, supporters, hopefully are going to relate to it. You know, a lot of my writing um, tends to be a little abstract, you know, not necessarily in terms of the language that I use, but I'm the kind of person, instead of saying, you know, I was in love with this girl and she broke my heart, you know, like I'd rather like obscure that a little bit, you know, I'd rather, I'd like, I want to sing about that, but I want to obscure that. I don't necessarily want to put my journal <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it. You know, out there for people. Um, and because of that, sometimes people get it because there's an emotion that they they that strikes a chord with them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are like, okay, that's cool, but I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know. <laughs> um, I think there'll probably be less of that with the songs that I've been writing um, you know, in the past year or so. Um and um a- again, specifically as it pertains to the WAG. Um, I've been able to do just that, what I've said a little bit, you know, kind of work through some of the things that have happened over the last year, but the WAG is also another one of those experiences that I have, or one of those opportunities that I have where I can write, not just for myself, but for other people within the band, you know, and um, when you do that, they bring their experience and their color and their personality to it. So it becomes a whole new different thing. But, but again, I, I think, I think people will hear these songs and be like, yep, I remember that. And yeah, I'm so glad that I'm not the only one who's thinking that I'm so glad I'm not the only one who went through that. And, um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're managed there. There was able to be a little bit of hope at the end of all that mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> you know? There you go. Yeah. That's what I want them to take away from it. No, I mean, that's all you can hope for sometimes. I liked that response. I liked how you realized that there's always a way to express something musically. And I think some people, like you were saying, go for the more literal. Some people kind of go for the more abstract. But I like the fact that regardless of how it's crafted, it's going to show off range and progress. And I think that regardless of what you're putting out, it's good to always make sure it's showcasing something. Once yeah. the live music industry kind of returns to a more full force, I know obviously you were, you have, and still are very currently active artist. What are some immediate goals you may want to achieve? And what about the live experience? Do you want to kind of cherish a bit more now that you've been away from mm. it, or at least been in a different format, so to speak? <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to perform a lot over the summer and I was involved in a lot of, outdoor socially distanced events, um, you know, in 
parks and fields and hell even parking lots in some cases um gigs a gig right <laughs> it was really strange but i gotta be honest with you i kind of i kind of dug it you know like i'm very um I'm very affectionate with people that I, I love and trust everybody else. I want my distance with, <laughs> you know, so fair enough. <laughs> I'm kind of cool that everybody's got their own six foot circle and yeah, yeah. there's benefits to it. There's, there's some unexpected pros. Yeah. You know, and um, we were talking about the, um, what was the show called? The Asbury park. Um, Asbury sunset Las- sunset. You know, I liked that shows were spilling into non-traditional venues. Like I'm not, even when I was like, you know, a little bit younger and doing stupid things, I've never really liked being in bars late at night. You know, like I liked that we did a lot of things that were outdoors and under the stars and, and in open air. So I hope that continues. Um, in terms of goals though, um, you, you know, I love performing in front of big audiences. It's, it's kind of weird. Like I'm more nervous in front of seven people than I am in front of 7,000. So, you know, whatever the opportunity may be, I, I just love stretching for that bigger audience. You know, um, it's, it's quite an experience to like look out and not be able to see like the end, <laughs> right. like it's, it's really cool. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to have that experience a few times, but um, you know, you can always do more and you can, it can always be bigger. And um, yeah, it's something that I, I hope to be able to accomplish. Absolutely. Definitely also uh, I'm looking forward to being back out on the road. Like this time last year, I was in California with the WAG. Um, I'd put together a show at um at um, the foundation room, which is the house of blues in Anaheim. You know, I miss being able to do that. We were supposed to go to Virginia and Indiana and um, you know, there was talk about some international travel and I look forward to being able to have those discussions again and actually being able to be on the road again. I can definitely agree with the, the travel part. I definitely miss traveling. And obviously I think one of the things we miss about music the most is being exposed. I think different cultures and different kind of walks of life. I think that with COVID it's hard to kind of fully immerse in that when, like you said, you're trying to keep things small and intimate, but I liked how you said that you were able to kind of find the silver lining in that in terms of being a performer during COVID, what's been some of like the immediate challenges you faced and how have been some of the solutions you've kind of implemented in order to make sure that you were still able to perform, but also still. <laughs> I mean, it, it's tricky. Obviously I'd imagine it's a tricky balance. Uh, I'm chuckling because uh, my, my girlfriend, Jamie had an idea that I didn't think was really going to work, but it ended up working really well. So when I was doing like solo gigs, excuse me. Um, I would bring Christmas lights, like a string of Christmas lights. Okay. And I would literally build a circle on the ground. I would build a circle around me. Oh. There was something psychological about that circle where people would not cross it. <laughs> it's sacred ground. All right. I, I'm going to be a little bit of a jerk here. I'm not always the nicest person. Like I drink, I like to get a buzz. I, I like to have a good time. I cannot stand drunk people though. Like, you know, those people who like, 
maybe they shouldn't have come here or maybe they, yeah, no, I think I see what you mean. You were three drinks before, you know, like yeah. <laughs> those people really bother me and, you know, throw COVID into the mix with that. And it's like, Oh my God, please don't come near me. You know? So no, I get that. I, get, I definitely get that. Yeah. So my, my little COVID Christmas light circle uh, was so effective that I don't think I'm ever going to stop doing that. <laughs> so, it works. <laughs> But if you're watching this, folks, I'm not like a, I am a people person. I like people. I can attest. I can attest. I can vouch. Yes. I promise. And again, I'm, I'm a teddy bear. I'm warm and cuddly. I just, there's certain vibes that I just don't want near me. So that's totally fair. Um, so in terms of challenges though, I was really lucky. Like I played a lot of great shows this past year. Um, you know, again, the summer was almost normal for me almost in terms of how many times I've performed. Right. Um, I did, I did learn some lessons. I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I only did one gig where I felt really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And it was a private party. And um, there's certain boundaries that um, I know to put up in certain situations that I know not to put myself into mm-hmm. um, as a result of that event that I played at. Um, and I will be sure to avoid them. (laughs) Absolutely. And look, some of it is like safety and health. And some of it is just kind of knowing the value of the values of the people who are employing you. Absolutely. Um, look, there's, there's plenty of people who might be watching this right now who don't think COVID's a big idea and don't want to wear a mask and, you know, think the best way through this is just to, you know, plow ahead like we normally would. And I don't agree with that, but believe it or not, I do see at least the argument and I do understand it. I just don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very valid argument. And I think that in times like these, I think really it all comes down to the benefit of the opportunity and I think one's personal responsibilities and comfort. And I know it's been tricky for artists to navigate because there's been ongoing discussion about whether it's ethical to put on shows or, you know, is, is this opportunity worth it because of the added risk and obviously all mm-hmm. the usual challenges of taking on a gig. But despite all that, how have you found a way to make these gigs fulfilling? Because obviously I'd imagine it's, it's much more small scale than your usual uh, set of events. How have you found a way to kind of still manage to get something out of that? Well, I mean, I think first of all, it's, it's just better than nothing. You know, like to me, if it's funny, I've talked to musicians who are like, yeah, I don't want to do a socially distanced show. I don't want to do a show where people can't be, you know, near each other or they've got their own circle, their own platform or they're in their cars. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, if that keeps musicians and sound people and stagehands and venues working let's do it oh great you know um so again i i really i really just enjoyed being able to be back and being able to make people happy and you know like like i said i mean i only had one situation that i was in that i did not feel comfortable and most of the people that i was around were very um concerned with the safety of not only myself, but really everyone. I was around good people. That's kind of what it boils down to, you know? Um, 
I hope I answered your question. <laughs> I think you did very well. I mean, it's because yeah. I know that for a lot of people's perspectives right now, it, it's there's a, everyone has a very different idea about performing and carrying on and people are doing so in different ways. And I will say one of the things I give a lot of credit for artists during this time is and I think we should all give them credit for it, whether you're a music fan or not. A lot of them have found a way to adapt and innovate safely, whether it be through live streams or weekly songwriter yeah. showcases or recording. I, I do really value the fact that we've, for the most part, been able to adapt and do so safely. And I do kind of admire the fact that you've been willing to kind of experiment with these things safely, of course. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's, I, I mean, if you don't adapt, you get, you, you get left behind. And I, I don't know that we would have been left behind, but you would have sat out, you know? Um, and look, there were, there were certainly, um, I remember when this started, you know, live streams all of a sudden were like, you know, big deal. People, um, it's funny, we have this this joke, and I'm sorry to be such a cynical, jaded musician right now, but, you know, musicians have this joke where it's like, you know, it's just hard to get people to come out to, to shows. You right. know? Like, people would rather sit at home and watch Netflix. And then all of a sudden, COVID happened, and it's like, oh, man, why aren't you playing a show? But, <laughs> uh, but I was, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> I've been trying to tell you for years to come see me play, but um, I thought it was really cool how people rallied around the concept of live streaming you know, and how people, I, I think, I think the public realized that they took certain aspects of life for granted. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying that they won't again, but I think at least for this period of time, um, a lot of people realized that, you know, it was pretty cool to, you know, go to a restaurant and there was a guy, you know, singing, uh, you know, whatever songs in the background or, you know, my friend's band is awesome. Why didn't I go see them more? You know, like, I, I do think there was a bit of that. Um, and uh, it, it was nice to see that we could adapt, you know, we could, because, you know, we could do things differently, but if nobody cares, nobody cares, you know, so. Absolutely to see that not only we were adapting but the people who consume what we do were adapting very good i absolutely agree with that i think that i've been it's been gratifying to see that people have still been supporting live music even in a small scale manner yeah and i think that's been very gratifying to see um one of the things i want to switch gears to is that you have just very recently actually i think it might even be today you put out a new music video with your band the wag for the song um so if you wanted to talk a little bit about that and plug that um, tell us a little bit about how this new song came about and why you're excited for this video to finally be out. Yeah, so the song is called Coat of Arms. It's from our album, We Carry On, which is starting to not be a new album anymore. Um, <laughs> we put it out in December. I think I have a poster for it here. I want to say December 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so this coming Christmas will be three years. Oh, wow. The album's been out. And we've had a really successful run of music videos um we uh we put out uh actually two music videos prior and they both won you know like best videos at different uh film festivals and things like that um so the the whole music video thing is something that we're really embracing now um but this recent one that we're putting out is is different for a few reasons i mean first of all the song is a little more aggressive Mm -hmm. For the WAG, you know, we, we're kind of like a power pop, 
early Beatles influence kind of thing. This song is a little more like kind of like late nineties, early two thousands alternative rock influence. There's a little bit more oomph to it. There we go. And um, we record, you know, it was, it was hard to do an elaborate video because we recorded it during COVID times, obviously. Um, but we found a great spot in Long Branch, Ten Pearl, which I believe you've been to. And huge fan, love them. You've been to. Um, you've taken some awesome photos there, actually. Thank you, thank you, much appreciated. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, right on, man. Um, yeah, we got, we got there and we just kind of did like a real gritty, fun performance video. And um, you know, Don Lee, our guitarist, sings live on this, uh, sings lead on this, and he's just. Um, you know, like some people, like I have a hard time opening up to a video camera. Mm-hmm. It can be challenging. I have a hard time opening up to a video camera. And he did such a great job on this video, uh, you know, sort of taking the front role, the front man role. And uh, we think a lot of people are really going to like it. So, um, yeah, we released it earlier today. And, um, you know, the views are starting to rack up. And we think it's uh, a little bit of a different side of the wagon. We, we think people are going to really enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, just from, the, just from what I've seen so far, I mean, I really thought it was a unique style. And I will say, I like the fact that the band is willing to kind of try new sounds. You're saying they've been a band for 23 years. You've been with them for six years. I admire that. Similar to what we are talking about adaptation, you guys are always trying to find something new and exciting, which actually kind of draws me to one of my last questions. Sure. Regardless of where your music takes you, because obviously, as we've learned from this past year, nothing is guaranteed. But regardless wherever your music takes you, what excites you about those opportunities the most? Wow. Everything. <laughs> um, I, I'm just, it's a, it's a difficult question to answer just because I've come to the realization that it's music is just who I am, you know? So it's almost like asking me, well, what excites you about being alive? You know, like there's a million things that can excite you about being alive. Um, but I'll try to hone in on a few. Um, you know, again, just, I'm excited that I haven't peaked, mm-hmm. you know, like it really makes me excited to know that I'm getting better and that I'm adding more tools. You know, the big thing for me with COVID was um, you know, being able to do sessions in my home, you know? So that was a, that was something that I started learning and I'm still learning. Um, you know, there's things like that. Like there's always, you've never arrived mm-hmm. as a musician. You've never, re- you've never arrived as an artist. Like there's always another level, at least I believe so. Oh. Um, so, you know, just just being in a good place in life, um, you know, in terms of my mental health and my physical health, where I can keep chasing those next levels, like, that's enough for me, man, you know? And even if it's like, you know, like, I'm not like hell bent on stardom, you know, even if it's not a next level, even if it's just something new, you know, that'll be, that'll be just fine for me. Wow, I think that's a very good answer. And I think um, before we wrap up, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming on and having me. Or for, for having you. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, this is your house, man. No. 
2021. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's, it, first of all, it's always a lot of fun to talk with you, whether we're on a camera or not. And, um, uh, second of all, I really appreciate you guys, um, you know, allowing me to spend some time with you. So thank you. Always. And before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to promote or add or anything you want to inform viewers? Of? I'm sure I'm forgetting something. There's that much going on right now, but, uh, again, the new wag video coat of arms, um, you can find everything that I'm involved with on my Instagram and Facebook page, which is at Joshua Van S music. Um, my website is www.joshuavaness.com. Uh, you know, one other thing, let me, I'll throw a quick shout out real quick. Um, I did just uh, sign on as a, a Yay Plus artist. Uh, Yay Plus is a platform that um, promotes and, and propagates, um, you know, positivity uh, through, through music and creativity. And that doesn't mean that everything is all kittens and rainbows and happy, happy, joy, joy. It just means that they're, they're into promoting art that is in some way uplifting. And um, I'm really happy that uh, they decided to work with me. So I'll give those guys a shout out too. And, um, yeah, between Yay Plus and Joshua Van Ness Music um, on Facebook and Instagram and joshuavaness.com, you know, just check them out. And I'm always putting something up there and I, I try to make it fun. And, and um, like I said, there's a bunch of projects going on right now. So, you know, within the next few months, there'll be a lot more information to share. Awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much. Um, for anyone listening, please check out the WAG coat of arms and be sure to follow Josh on all streaming and social platforms. Josh, thank you so much. Thank you, man. Be well, everybody. Stay safe. And check out NYE, the video and the song as well. Can't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. Thank you, buddy. Cause it's wrong Think this is all the